it's so good to see you. And I uh, don't have my mom around anymore either. How many of you have already had your mother pass away? Let me see. That's more than half. That's a lot of people. So how many have your mother still around? Oh, that's still pretty good. So that's wonderful. I want you to take your Bible, turn with me to the book of Proverbs, chapter 22. Proverbs, chapter 22. Simple little verse that kind of gives us a place to launch from, but it's the truth. It's a good verse. Kind of gives us an idea of what God wants. Because today I'd like to speak about what a good Christian mother is like. What is a good Christian mother like? Everybody knows that they should be a Christian, and they should be a good Christian mother. So um, what would you look for? Here in Proverbs in chapter 22, look there in verse 6. Train up a child in the way he wants to go. Or maybe I need to read that again. Train up a child in the way he should go. When he is old, he will not depart from it. Train up a child in the way he should go. I wonder who determines which way he should go. Is that really the parent's decision? Or is it God's decision? I believe that without the Lord, we don't know which way they should go. Without the Lord, I don't think parents really know how to raise their children. Not the way God wants them raised. And I want to show that to you. So if you was to ask somebody... Why do we send kids to school? Well, you know, train them in the way they ought to go. Well, you could say, well, to educate children, to become educated. So in the Webster's 1828 dictionary, this is what it says about education. In other words, if we're supposed to raise up a child in the way they should go, well, we should have an idea what that is. And whatever the school is, it, the school should be a complement to the parents, and the parents should want God's will for the child. So whatever the school is, the school is to teach and to uphold that which the parents want for their child. Their definition was the bringing up of a child, instruction, formation of manners. Education comprehends or encompasses all that series of instruction and discipline, which is intended to enlighten the understanding, correct the temper, form the manners and habits of the youth, and fit them for usefulness in their future stations, to give children a good education in manners, arts, and science is important. To give them a religious education is indispensable. And an immense responsibility rests on parents and guardians who neglect these duties. So this is what basically what it was for a long time. People understood what education was about, what the purpose, the goal of teaching children. Now, if you was to ask them a definition of today, this is the definition that's used today in our public schools. The action or process of educating or of being educated. A stage of such a process. 
the knowledge and development resulting from an educational process, the field of study that deals mainly with methods of teaching and learning in schools. Now, did you hear anything in there about how to form their character, their temper, their manners, the true religion? Did you get anything in there? There is, it's not there. See, the word education has changed its meaning. And therefore, when we have schools that no longer have the right understanding of what education is about, you're not going to get the desired results. And this is about where we are today. So that's why it's uh, important to know what does God really want. Turn in your Bible to the book of Hebrews in chapter 12. Hebrews in chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. And you know, this is a chapter that we use an awful lot when we're seeking to help Christian believers to know why they should do right and serve the Lord because of the threat, the teaching, the disciplines of chastisement. Now, many people don't know what it means to be chastened by the Lord, what it means to be chastised. Well, what, what do you think it means? If you look there in Hebrews in chapter 12, look in verse 5. And ye have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. My son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. Then he says down here in verse 9, verse 9. Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh, which corrected us, and we gave them reverence. Well, we're supposed to have fathers that corrected us, disciplined us, taught us. That was the home. And he says, they were supposed to chasten us. Now, if you had never been chastened at home, you're not going to have a clear understanding of what does it mean to be chastened by the Lord. Because, you see, it's the things that we learned at home or supposed to have learned that's supposed to help us in our life to make wise decisions. So if you understood what it meant to be disciplined at home, it might help you to understand what the Lord means when he says you're going to be chastened. I've asked many parents, I says, um, do you discipline your children? No, you have never seen anything that when I try to discipline those kids, they just go wild. I've talked to people that says, my parents never spanked me and I would never spank my children because I love them too much. Okay? God, you really messed up when it comes to rearing children. You didn't have a clue what you were talking about. You never had any. So there's people who have a difference of opinion on them. I'd have raised them. Remember, if you're teaching children one thing about patience, you know, that's one of the hardest things to teach children is patience. How do you teach children patience? You don't give them what they want when they want it. What? Because kids today get what they want when they want it. 
Does that make for good parents? It's not going to make good parents. It's not going to make good citizens. It's going to destroy our country, and it's on the process of doing so. And the reason is because many children were not taught the disciplines of the Scripture. Now take your Bible and turn to the book of Galatians in chapter 5. Galatians in chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5 kind of gives us an idea of what the Lord wants in our life. And if you look at it and see what God wants in our life, then you'll have an idea of what to teach the kids to go toward. This is where mamas are so important. Mamas are generally the ones that help bend or shape that character of the children. Daddy usually, usually, is uh, supplying the needs and the protection of the home and a place to live and food in their tummies and clothes on their back. So there's responsibilities. But here in Galatians in chapter 5 and verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. The, these are the things that reveal character. Character is revealed by conduct. So education is to develop the manners of a child that determines the conduct of the child so that they're suited for society and capable of taking care of themselves and living a good life so that they know right from wrong. Because, you see, we have people today that don't know right from wrong. And these people are voting on people and sending them to Washington, and they don't know right from wrong. And what is right, they say that's wrong. And what is wrong, they say that's right. And our country is being turned upside down, and it all started in the home. What's wrong in Washington started in the home. Because there's a generation of people that were not taught the principles of the Word of God. Now, a good Christian mother should have to have certain qualities in her own life in order to instill them into the children. When you look in uh, chapter 5 and verse 22 and talks about the fruit of the Spirit, if it talks about love, this is something that the children should learn, but they have to see it. So the mother and father are supposed to be the examples of whatever those children are supposed to be when they grow up. And children should see love. But today many children see nothing but hate and bickering and fighting and arguing and you know, the antagonism, the bitterness, the envy, the jealousy, all the things that destroys. Now you see up there in verse 18 and 19, look at the works of the flesh. The reason for education is to teach a person how to not just read and write in arithmetic, you know, but it's really on how to, how to research and how to reason, how to relate and how to record. So we talk about these are the four R's that are so much more important than just reading and writing in arithmetic. You see, they can teach that in communist China. And they can teach people how to read and write in Russia. Any communist country can teach that. But we will see 
a Christian nation. We were to teach our children some of the most important facts that children can ever know. But we have abused the freedoms that we have. We've let down our standards. We've allowed people who have no convictions about spiritual things destroy our country and take things away. So he says up here in verse 19, Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are the adultery. Kids need to be taught adultery is wrong. Parents need to teach adultery is wrong. Fornication, sex outside of marriage, is wrong. And uncleanness and lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, rifts, rifts, strife, seditions, heresies, envies, murders, drunkenness, all that's wrong. And if it's wrong, then our schools are supposed to teach what's wrong and what's right. And today we don't teach the kids what's right and wrong. Well, we don't want to get into that. That's the purpose of education. And that's why when you read the Bill of Rights, Congress shall pass no law considering of religion. And they're not supposed to touch it. Because the religion and education is the same thing. You cannot educate without a religious belief. Did we come from God or are we an animal? So if we came from God, then you need to teach children truth. Then they teach that if it came from evolution and some ooze in the Nile, that's a lie. You're not to teach children a lie. Teach them truth. And so we have allowed lies to permeate our society. Today, they can lie with the best of them, and there's no consequences. Just look what's going on in Washington. Are you happy and proud? Are you really thankful? Or is it a disgrace? I believe it. you get the point. So whenever you see what God does want us to learn and what he doesn't want us to do, because you're trying to make an impact in the lives of individuals, so I have down here a few things. A Christian mother, a good Christian mother, shall love a few things. These are some things that you want to teach the children of what's important in life. And that a good Christian mother would teach her children to love the Savior. To love the Savior, to love her church. And to love her Bible, to love the husband, and to love the children. You see, all those things are important, but how do you teach all of that? Glad you asked. Number one, the Christian mother, a good Christian mother, teaches them to love the Savior. One of the most important things any mother can ever do with her children is to see that those children come to know Christ as their Savior. That is the beginning of wisdom. That is the most intellectual thing that the children should ever learn. It's the most important thing they should ever learn. That's more important than learning how to read and write. Is that they come to know Christ as their Savior at an early age, as soon as possible. That means that mama needs to know the Lord. Mama needs to know how to explain the gospel. And to have your children 
understand what Christ has done for them. And then after they've trusted Christ as their Savior, it's so important for mom to teach the children, why should they serve the Lord? Why should they do this? There has to be a basis for authority. If it's the only authority you have that you give to your kids is because I'm your mother and I said so. I'm the father and I said so. That works for a while. But when they're no longer under your authority, they have no authority. You teach them because, honey, God's, God said. God said. And when they're no longer under the authority of mom and daddy, I do this because God said. God said. That authority never leaves. And it should be the reason why we do what we do. Teach children there is a responsibility to a higher authority than mom and dad. This is why every nation that does away with the authority of God, the authority of the Bible, Christianity, has to eventually lead to communism. Now, is that the kind of a country we want? A communistic country. Do you want us to be just like they are in China? Just like they are in Russia? This is where we're headed. Because we believe that if you do away with all those things, everybody has freedom. And it's just the opposite. Because then you can't think, and you can't reason, and you can't relate, and you can't record. You have nothing to guide you, and you become like a, a mass of humanity, and you have to fall into the hands of a dictator sooner or later. And this is where we're headed. I don't like it. And every once in a while, I let my beliefs filter out. So you want to teach the children how to have faith. How to have faith in trusting Christ. How to have faith in serving the Lord. How to have faith. How to believe all these things. And to be able to stand and do what's right regardless of what other kids do. People in college or regardless of what they do. Can your kids stand strong? Then they're not ready to leave home. If they can't make the right decision, the wise decisions... And a child that does not honor mother and father is not fit to get married yet. I don't care how old they may be. The Bible says, children, honor thy father and mother, that thy days may be long upon the earth. Because if you don't, they're going to kill you. No, no. Your days may be long. You should honor your father and your mother. A Christian mother should love her church. You know, there's a lot of people trust Christ as their Savior. But they go to church when they, well, when I need it. When it's convenient for me. But what are you teaching the kids? To do the same thing. And whatever you do, in moderation, they will do in excess. Children always do. My kids have always seen their dad in church. Sunday morning and Sunday night, Wednesday night, and it wasn't because I was the preacher. It's what I've always done. When the doors were open, Yankee was there. Unless I was on a job and I was working and I couldn't do it. But when I got to where I could, I would go. Wednesday night after I got through working at a bread plant and I had grease all over me, I looked pathetic. I had on old orange work boots and my white clothes because I worked at a bread place. And I would get off work just in time, and I'd walk in the back doors of the church. 
And I looked like homemade sin. But I was there. Because I was establishing habits in my life. It's so important that you learn, do what's right. My little grandson the other day, he texted me. He said, we're going to go camping. And he says, um, I'm going to preach the service that morning. He's 12 years old. I texted him back. What are you going to speak on? Text me back. John 3, 16. He said, I want to be a preacher just like you. And I want my first message to be on John 3.16 that I'm giving the gospel. I haven't talked to him since then. He texted me the other day again. He says, how many of the different kinds of animals did Moses take into the ark? I texted him back. I says, two of every kind except those that he was going to use for sacrifices. Except it was Noah, not Moses. He texted me back. I tried to trick you. I haven't texted him back. I said, I thought so. <laughs> but I don't know what he'll be someday, but Grandpa is making an impact on grandson. And I told you, when I drove all the way up at 750 miles, just to take that little 12-year-old kid up there to dare to share, and there was me on the front row, and my son and my grandson, and several thousand, we got on our knees on a concrete floor, and we all had prayer together. I want him to learn things from his granddad, because I know that grandpa won't be around forever. And if you don't try to teach some of these things into the minds of these kids while you can, you don't have them forever. There will come a time when your teaching days are going to be gone, and the impact, it is so important. If the church is important and we should love the church, why, why, why do we have to love the church? Because the Bible says Christ loved the church and gave his life for it. Isn't that a pretty good reason? We should love what he loves. We should hate what he hates. And if he loves the church, what is the church? It's not this building. It's the people. It's people. It's God's children. Teach them to love God's people. If there's anything you should be a part of is a good, strong, local body of believers. People join all kinds of things all over the world. There isn't anything better than a good, strong Bible church where you can go and you listen and you learn and you let the preacher chew you out once in a while. Say things you like and say things you don't like, but be faithful. Get chips off your shoulders. Stop being so easily hurt. Stop whining and pining about something and don't leave the church and have roast reverend for dinner or potted pastor. Learn to get some good out of everything and share the good and talk and praise the Lord about things that are good and spiritual and right. Otherwise, you'll give your kids every opportunity to have reasons to gripe and complain about something because that's all they see mom and dad do is whine about something and that's what the kids do. Don't be like that. You want to be a good Christian mother. You should attend the church, give to it, pray for it. Because, you see, kids are so easily influenced. They want to see something that's real and genuine. Are you a, I hate to use that word, a genuine Christian? There is no other kind. You're, if you're a Christian, you're a Christian. But what they ought to see is 
some genuineness in your life. A Christian mother should love the Bible. This Bible. Do you love the Word of God? If you was to ask your children, do you think mom or dad love the Bible? I don't know. Do they ever read it? Not as I know of. Should you learn scripture? If you're a child of the king, shouldn't you learn the language of the court? A child of God should learn the word of God. The Bible is God's love letter to his children. Won't it be a shame to get to heaven and somebody like Isaiah walks up to you and says, Hey, how you doing? You're Isaiah, the prophet? Yeah. Man, didn't you have a book in the Old Testament? Yeah. Did you ever read it? Oh, never got time. Never had any time. And here comes Jonah and says, did you read my book? You wrote a book. Here's Matthew and Mark, Luke, John. They're all there. Paul says, I only wrote about 14 of them total. Did you read my books? You know, I didn't even, what's your name again? Aren't you going to be embarrassed and ashamed that you didn't even have time to read the word of God? Don't you think a good Christian mother should spend time in God's word? This is God's love letter to you. And you wonder why we can't get children to read and to study the word of God? Because we don't. You see, you can't tell children. This is what you do. You do as I say, not as I do. You live it. Love the things you want them to love. That's part of their education. Where they can have something that can form their manners. Why they do what they do. Why they treat people the way they do. Why you don't lie and steal and so forth. You hold back because you got some restraints upon your life. See, we don't have any children being raised today that's got restraints upon their life. They're just free to do whatever the old nature wants to do without consequences because they weren't disciplined at home. They were allowed to commit murder and do whatever they want, say whatever they want, sass however they want. But I can tell you this. My mom and dad did not know the Lord when I was a little kid. I never saw them in a church or read the Bible or pray. But, buddy, I didn't sass my parents. You know what I got when I even come close to looking at them wrong? I got backhanded until I got slapped clean up against the wall, taken outside to the woodshed and beat half to death. And when my dad says move, I'm, I'm going to move it. He said, jump, ha, ha. I respected them. You know, there in Hebrews, when he made the statement, he says, our fathers corrected us. Our fathers corrected us. See, but when fathers don't correct in the home because half the time they either are not there, they don't care, and they leave that responsibility to the wife. You do all of that. That way they can hate her and love you. Daddy comes home. And all they heard all day long, you just wait till your daddy gets home. You just wait till your daddy gets home. You wait till your daddy gets home. So daddy comes home. Hello, kids. Ah, kids, run. Learn to discipline, but yes, you do it in love. 